if 80% of your clients are not like flinching at the price, if they're not, you know, saying, mm, I don't know if I can handle that, you need to raise your rates like you're not charging enough. Number 218. Hey, hey, what's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast, your home for amazing, very real stories about phenomenal businesswomen in all sorts of different industries over all sorts of different parts of the world who are here to share the real stories of how they've grown their businesses so that you can take some practical ideas and go implement them in your business. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you want to make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got, that's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. Finally, 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 the fabulous Jessica Rhodes with Interview Connections is on my show. I'm so excited for you to be able to hear about her and her business because she started her business back in 2013, literally when she found out she was pregnant. And it is a great story about most people would think like, are you crazy? Like starting a business when you find out that you're pregnant, (laughs) but she did it and she has had massive growth and consistent growth over the past two years. And you're going to hear exactly why. So her company interview connections helps book guests for podcasts. So whether you want to be a guest and you want to be booked or you have a podcast and you need somebody to book guests for you. That's what Interview Connections does. Now, there are a few major reasons why you really want to pay attention to this interview. The first is that she talks about how to build out a team. She has now about a dozen people who are part of her virtual team making her business happen and she gets very detailed about how she's built out that team, some of the challenges that she's had and some of the huge benefits of building out the team. She talks very openly about how she's consistently raised her rates, how she actually priced her services uh, and figured out what she should charge and then how she continues to raise her rates for that. And oh my gosh, she talks about her content marketing strategy. So what you may or may not know is that Jessica has um, a blog, very consistent blog. She has a newsletter. She has a TV show, Interview Connections TV. And she has a podcast herself called Roads to Success. She also did a very special uh, series, podcast series called The Podcast Producer. So she produces a hell of a lot of content that positions her as an expert. Um, Don't be overwhelmed by it, but she goes into very explicit um, detail about how and why she does that and her strategy on that, which is fascinating. And then what you're going to hear is we actually did sort of an after the interview uh, little thing. And I'm putting that on a separate uh, episode so that you could go listen to it if you want to. If you don't have the time right now, you can go listen later. But it's just probably about 10 minutes or so. And it goes into her her, uh, social media marketing strategy, which is quite hilarious because she has none. But she does it very well. So she, she talks about some of the really cool things that she does in order to be active and engaged on social media. So let's not hesitate. Let's get right into it with Jessica. 
Miss Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so excited to be <laughs> on Biz Women Rock. This is so exciting. <laughs> so as you said before, and I do agree with this, this interview has been a long time coming. You and I have um, been business colleagues. Uh, I hired you for your services over a year ago and yeah. uh, still uh, contract you, which I'm very excited about and I love. But we have become really good friends this past yeah. year. And I was like, girl, I love your business. I need to have you on. And it has taken over a year to get you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm really, really excited to be here because, again, like you said, I've been I've been working for your show for a long time, and um, you know I've listened to a bunch of episodes, and so I'm so excited to actually be on the um, other side of the microphone and to to share my story with your audience. Yay. And you're a podcaster yourself, so yes. random, total random question is: Is it weird being interviewed when you are actually the one who's usually interviewing people? Like, is there something weird about that or strange? <laughs> Um, well, not really for me because I started, I didn't start my own podcast till, um, October of 2014. And I had been working with podcasters for many months before that. And I was interviewed a lot as a guest before I started my own show. So I've been probably, well, it's probably about equal even now, but I feel like I've been interviewed more as a guest than I have interviewed other people. So I like doing, I like doing both. (laughs) Very cool. Well, yeah. let's let's get down to kind of the start that I love to hear from every one of my guests, which is how did you even start your business? Like, what's that little origin story of why you got this idea in your head to say, I'm going to have a business of my own? And what what precipitated all of that? So when I when I decided to when my husband and I decided to um, start a family and I got pregnant, um, it's funny because we've been we you know we're both having uh, a baby right now. I'm have, I'm pregnant with my second child now, and we we've been talking about how. Um, well, I'll I'll speak for myself. How fast I got pregnant, right? So I decided <laughs> to have a baby. <laughs> I won't speak for anyone else. Um, So when I decided to that I wanted to have kids, you know, I I just wanted to get pregnant. So I got pregnant and it was very it happened very fast. Right. Because they all say, like, even when you're trying and when you're, um, you know, not preventing and everything, it still could be up to a year, even if you have no you know fertility problems. Well, it didn't take me very long. So, and I hadn't made any plans about what I would do because I knew I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I knew I did not want to stay in the job that I was in, even though I loved it at the time. It was not going to be a good fit for me as a mom. So, I, I got pregnant and I was like, oh crap. <laughs> now I need to figure it out. <laughs> what am I going to do in a few months? So, I, I told, you know, I told my boss, you know, about three months when we all went public and everything, I told them I'd be leaving and I, I seriously had no plans. I was like, I know I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I'll figure it out. So I kind of, you know, there's this, uh, those photos where there's somebody jumping off a cliff and you're like, they build their parachute on the way down. Yeah. That's kind of what an entrepreneur is. So yeah. I feel like that's my first entrepreneurial moment was when I just said, I'm going to make this happen. I know it will work out, even though I have no idea how it's going to work out. Meanwhile, we're also buying a house because we were living in a one bedroom apartment. So, oh you know, <laughs> pregnant, <laughs> buying a house, like had to be out of our apartment by like two months. So we were like super fast house hunting. And I'm also talking to my parents, you know, I'm like, I really want to be a stay at home mom when the baby comes. I'm um, not really sure how I'm going to do that. And my dad is a business coach. He's an entrepreneur and he started his business, which is all online, virtual, uh, about 13, 14 years ago. So he said, well, I'll show you how to start a home-based business. There's a huge industry um, for virtual assistance. Hmm. And I was a director of my own office for this national nonprofit. So I'm like, 
assistance, really. <laughs> I have Excuse been. Me, a, do you know who I am? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I have just, you know, felt like I've just been climbing this career ladder and, you know, was not that long ago thinking I would just work up to the national level. And, and I was like, really, you know, I mean, I'll do it for my kids, but I just felt a little bit deflated there. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You know, they are business owners. Um, you know, the term virtual assistant, it's really not, they're not a, assistance, right? So I, I said, okay, well, I'm going to do this because it'll, it'll give me the ability to be a stay at home mom and, you know, and have an income. So he kind of took me under his wing. Um, he said, I'll be your first client. I will give you work. And if, this was around November. He said, I will give you work. Um, I'll be your first client. I'm hiring you because you're my daughter and I do think you're really good at what you do, but I'm only going to keep you on if you provide value. The only promise I can make is I won't fire you on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. And my dad's pretty old school, you know, like he, I knew he wasn't just going to keep me on because I was his daughter. And so to the fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I worked really hard. He made me, um, you know, he made me learn a lot about business because I've been working in nonprofits. So I really did need to learn a lot about marketing. So, and he's just produced a ton of content around business and marketing. So I'm watching his videos and listening to his podcast and reading his books and all this stuff. And he's passing along other books to me. I read Carrie Wilkerson's book, The Barefoot Executive. That yeah. was one of the first books I read and it totally inspired me because love she, her. yeah, and she was on your show too. Yeah. I love her too. She was a, you know, she has some story of, you know, having a home-based business to be at home with her kids. So that just totally motivated me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my eyes were totally opened up to this world of, of women who were able to create these great businesses and also be a mom. So that was kind of the beginning. One of the first things that my dad had me do was book him as a guest on podcasts. He's like, I've been doing a lot of admin work and, you know, really boring stuff like checking links on his site. And, you know, finally he's like, all right, I have somebody who's booking me for interviews. I'd like you to take over that task. So, so that's what I started doing, just kind of researching, getting into this whole world, going on to blog talk radio and iTunes and just finding entrepreneur podcasts and pitching him as a guest. Okay. Um, really having like no idea what the industry was. I mean, it's so funny because I look back and I'm reaching out to these like huge name podcasters and I'm like, I don't know who they are. So I'm just reaching <laughs> out like really the night, na- like being naive and ignorant is such a bonus when you're starting a business because you aren't starstruck by anyone because you're like, I have no idea who they are. I've never heard of this person. Yep. I'm just going to reach out to them. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of how it all got started. And um, I just had a lot lot of podcasters and uh, people that I was interacting with by doing this pitching just kind of asked me like what do you do and and how can you help me my dad had recommended um another friend he had said hey Jessica's booking me for a lot of interviews you should totally hire her because you should get interviewed too and he's like okay so then I had a second client that I was booking interviews for and just making all these connections and you know just making you know building relationships with all these podcasters they started really kind of uh getting interested in how I could help them and so then fast forward to about May, I really needed to make more money because I pretty much like eaten up any savings we had saved up. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, it was things were tight, had a newborn. Um, and so I talked to my dad and I said, like, I really need to build my business. I was trading hours for dollars. I'm like, how can I really start scaling this. And so we created interviewconnections.com. You know, it was about a 20 minute coaching call with him, (laughs) you know, helping me figure out how to take this service that I was providing just to people one-on-one and make it a business. Um, So that's, that's how interview connections started. And that's really what I've grown today. So one of the questions I'm I'm interested in is how you decided and I'm sure that this has evolved, but in the beginning, how did you decide how to build 
uh, and charge for your services? Like, were you charging literally by, okay, X amount of, you know, you pay me X amount of dollars per guest that I get to, um, or maybe you pay me monthly, or maybe you pay me, you know, just per hour that I'm working. How did you start? And then what has it evolved into as far as your pay model? So that's a that's a really good question because the the what do you charge and how do you charge is such a huge question mark when you first start out. I I started um, you know when I was a virtual assistant doing this for people one on one it was per hour. So I mean my dad. I, you know, paid me like $15 an hour. So relatively low rate, but I was also getting a lot of free coaching from him. True. <laughs> so I was working for him for about $15 an hour. And then once I started taking on other clients, um, you know, we had the question of what do I charge them? Right, right. <laughs> what could I charge? And so I think, um, I remember I had retainer packages. So it was like so many hours and then they would just pay me that whole amount up front. And okay. so I think it was like either 25 or 30 an hour. I want to say 25. Um, and then for like, you know, 12 hours a month or something like that. And so at that point, I didn't guarantee any bookings because I couldn't really guarantee it. <laughs> I right. didn't really have enough relationships yet, but I was confident in my ability to do it. So, and I was also doing a couple of things. Like I would also do their Pinterest marketing because I learned about Pinterest. So I said, I'll do your interviews and I'll do Pinterest. And I kind of just packaged it together and I'll say, I'll do, you know, 12 hours a month or 20 hours a month for, you know, whatever $25 times that is. And so, I got a couple people who who use me for that. And then and then once I started interview connections, I realized I couldn't really charge a per hour and people they want results. Like they yeah. don't want to hire people and say like maybe. I mean a lot of it's funny cuz that's kind of how PR firms work is that <clears throat> they can't really guarantee the publicity, but um but anyway, that's a whole other story. So so I knew I had to go into it guaranteeing guests and at the time, even though I was booking people on other shows, I actually started interview connections by booking guests for podcasters. Cause I'm like, well, that's a way easier ask right. to like, everyone wants to be interviewed. So it's super, it would be, it's a, it was a lot easier to start out with getting people on podcaster shows rather than guaranteeing people bookings on other shows. Um, so I started by just, it's so funny. I remember my rates were, oh my gosh, so low compared to what they are now. So $47 a month, I would find and book four guests wow. for a podcaster. And then I, I think the second level was $77 a month for four guests. And that was my higher program where I would also do the scheduling and the graphics. And so for a while it was just me. I would do the graphics in PicMonkey and, um, like very deep, <laughs> like it was, it's so funny to look back and see kind of how far you had to start it, uh, somewhere yeah. right exactly exactly <laughs> I was just actually searching my email yesterday because I was trying to look something up and, and I'm going back to these emails from like 2013 2014 and I, I was showing a client the graphics I'd made in PicMonkey and I'm like oh my gosh they are so <laughs> amateur but you know what it got me started and people didn't really have much to compare it to so yeah. Again, it was the ignorance and the um, naivete that just kind of allowed me to get going. So you um, just kept raising your rates. When, like, when, yes. when would the, be the moment that you knew, like, okay, I just need to raise my rates? And would you always add something as far as, like, a service provided? Or would it just be like, hey, I already provide all this great service. I'm just going to keep raising my rates. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the, the important thing I always say is that I've, I just continued to coach with my dad. Um, and so I just always was, you know, having that close consult to help me make these decisions was really key. So basically what I've always learned from him is that whenever you, if you've, if, if 80% of your clients are not 
like flinching at the price if they're not, you know, saying, mm, I don't know if I can handle that. You need to raise your rates. Like you're not charging enough. So I had people, I mean, it took time to obviously get my name out there and have people learn about the service and want to sign up. But, you know, every so, like if I had, you know, maybe three, four, five clients sign up and the, there was no question about the rate. It was like, oh my gosh, that's a no brainer. Like I'm not charging enough. So I would raise the rate and I didn't really add any extra services in because I just wanted to keep, I just wanted to get the rate to where it, it made sense <laughs> and, and it was more profitable. Um, now over time, I mean, things got perfected. It's also, I realized over time as I raised the rates, there was more value because every single month I had a bigger and bigger network that I was utilizing and leveraging for my clients. So today, I mean, our rates are um, much higher because we've got a network and relationships with people that we've been building for the past two years. So while as somebody who signs up at, you know, $47 a month in the first month of business, they don't necessarily, they're not paying for somebody who has two years worth of experience and networking to, to work off of. So, and you know, I did, there are some tweaks over time that I've, you know, kind of built and perfected the systems and, um, you know, added in a couple extra like live emails and stuff like that. But overall, I don't really add in any extra services. It's just a matter of getting the rates to a point where I feel like it matches the value that we're providing and also where people aren't just saying, Oh, that's a no brainer. That's so cheap. (laughs) Like I don't want people to think it's a commodity and that it's cheap because I want to make more money. (laughs) I love it. So um, I want to get into um, highlighting the growth that you've had because over the period of just two years, I mean, you really have had significant and continual growth in your business, not only in, you know, kind of raising your rates, but more and more clients, your network's getting bigger. Um, uh, One of the things that has also grown is your team. You have have about a dozen – people on your team um, virtually who are a part of making this happen. So you have a lot of people who um, are bookers who, you know, are in charge of going and researching and they're kind of assigned to different clients and they're in charge of researching, booking the clients, booking the podcast interviews, all that sort of stuff. So um, talk to me a little bit about how um, you have built out your team. Like what challenges have you had in that and what has been the most rewarding about that? Awesome. So well, first, I, I what what came to mind is I worked with uh, Melanie Benson Strick is another coach that I've worked with who's been tremendous in you know been a really big part of me built being able to build out a team. Um, I think she was a guest on your podcast as well, mm-hmm. and she I took a course called Build Your Dream Team with Melanie, and and she's a really good friend of my dad's, and I you know, she said, she's looking at my business and she's like, you, this is great. This is a great idea. Like, how are you going to scale this? I'm like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but I really want to. She goes, all right, you should really take my dream team course. I know I can help you scale this and, and really build it out. So I took her course and learned a ton about, you know, how to find and hire and train and manage a virtual team. Um, so she really helped me there. But also just going back, I mean, my experience my job that I had for six years before starting my business, I was uh, managing a team of door-to-door field canvassers for a nonprofit. And if anyone listening has any experience in the door-to-door market or working with activists, um, I've got the best training in the world for managing a team because they're not (laughs) easy people to manage. (laughs) So, so again, I've got some good experience to, to kind of build off of, but yeah, it's been an incredible amount of work. I mean, just 
first, I mean, I hired a virtual assistant who she's still with me today and is a huge, you know, part of my team. I hired a virtual assistant who is definitely a lot more money per hour than um, a lot of my team is now because I didn't really know what I was doing and she had a much more established VA business. So she kind of brought a lot of expertise to me Mm. that, you know, she could then help me. She really helped advise me on how to, you know, I just had gotten Basecamp and was getting that set up and figuring out the right ways to organize projects with clients. And so she was very key in, she had a very key role in helping me create all the systems because you know interview connections is an extremely labor-intensive business you know we have a lot of people that want to like white label our service and offer it to their clients Hmm. and and I really haven't gone down that road because it's so labor-intensive there's so much work that goes into you know bringing on a client and learning their business and having our team learn their business and having our team research them and know what they can be booked on and know what their guests want that to then white label that it just doesn't it would not be profitable for us so just going back to your question on hiring and building out a team I mean when I look at my virtual team today I would say most people I actually found through Elance Hmm. and It all starts with just creating a really, really good job description or role description, Um, being really clear on the skills and the character that you're looking for. Because at first I thought, oh, I would love people who have experience in podcasting and who have booked guests before. But the couple people that that I've hired in the past who came with some experience around guest booking were some of my worst people because they kind of came in like feeling, you know, it was like they kind of knew, they kind of knew what they were doing and they kind of just were, um, they didn't really do things the way I wanted to be done. Uh, kind of more of like the know it all and the really nice people obviously, but, um, but it, it just wasn't a good fit. So I realized I needed to find and hire people that were loyal to me and to interview connections that really just knew customer service because I can train people on how to research for guests. I can train people and teach them where to look for podcasts and all that stuff. I mean, some of my best team members are people that literally I hired and they weren't really sure like what a podcast was. And I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but, um, but then I remember, wow, when I started doing this, I had, didn't really know much about podcasting and I was pretty good at it. So again, it's the ignorance and the naivete that really helps. Um, cause again, now my team, the, you know, newer folks who don't, they're still getting to know all the big hitters in podcasting. They're reaching out to all these people with the utmost confidence of getting our clients booked. Right. Um, whereas me knowing, kind of knowing who all the players are and everything. Um, you might it's be almost, gun shy. Yeah. It's almost a disadvantage now because I'm like, Oh, I don't know if they'll say yes. And my clients and my team are like, Oh, let's just try. I'm like, yes, that's why, <laughs> you know, so it's really valuable to have, to have team members who, you know, come from different backgrounds. So yeah, just having a really good role description and then, you know, a good interview process. Like I get on the phone with, you know, get on Skype with people and just see if we vibe, you know, see if there's a good vibe there. Um, so like, I don't know, I've been talking for a while. So I'll see if you have any questions. <laughs> well, no, because I had asked about like the, the process that you have to be able to hire and um, and to be able to actually grow mm-hmm. your team and, and some of the challenges and benefits of that. So that's a perfect uh, explanation. Yeah. Um, I want to move a little bit into your marketing. So, you know, you're kind of alluding to the fact that, oh, I just kept growing. Oh, I just kept growing. Well, you kept growing. <laughs> really from- easy. No? Yeah, of course. It's so awesomely easy. People just keep coming to me. Um you know, but anyone starting out their business and two years into their business and 10 years into their business knows that, 
you have to continue to market. You have to continue yes. to put yourself out there so that you're visible. Your brand is visible. People get to know you. Um, one of the things that I have observed that you do brilliantly is you do a lot of content marketing. You have yes. a TV show, Interview Connections TV. You mm-hmm. have you you know you write blogs. You have your own podcast, Roads to Success. I mean, you are mm-hmm. out there giving people information um, that that really positions you as the expert in your field and so when anyone I'm probably giving your answer for you but I'm setting you up in the sense (laughs) that like really I mean you do such a great job of content marketing in the sense that when people think of podcasts and booking guests Mm -hmm. they there's no other option than interview connection so talk a little bit about your strategy for content marketing and you do a lot so talk about how Mm. you balance it all like how do you make it all happen because even one of those things a blog a tv show a, a podcast is very overwhelming just one of those so how do you how do you actually do them all Yes. Okay. I I love this um, because I feel very strongly about, you know, c- content marketing. You know, we have clients just as like a quick side note, and then I'll get into the whole content marketing strategy. Um, a lot of our clients, not a lot, but, you know, clients that we book for guests, you know, as a guest on other shows, they're like, all right, well, I want to see results. Like I want to get a return on investment and da, 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 da. So I'm like, great. Well, you want to do the interviews, but what are you also doing for the community that's going to be attracted to you? Or do you have videos ready for them to watch? Do you have blogs ready for them to read? Because people aren't just going to hear about you and all of a sudden want to hire you. So getting into my content marketing strategy, I mean, number one, being persistently consistent. Not like I say, I've been doing weekly videos for over a year. Haven't missed a week. Even the weeks where like I put them out on Tuesdays, you know, sometimes I'll come home from a long weekend on a Monday and I'm like, damn it, I've got to do a video and I, that means I've got to look nice and turn on my camera. And so sometimes I'll just be like, screw it. I don't even put on makeup and I'm just like, hey, and I just turn on the camera and talk for a few minutes. So I do the videos. That's what I've been doing um, the longest. I mean, I kind of was blogging, but I've been blogging more consistently, not until recently. So I started doing the videos in April 2014. And just really committed to a weekly schedule. So that's, I mean, number one, I really want to highlight that. I think as a marketer, it's so important that you have a consistent release schedule with whatever content you're creating because you want whoever is going to be a member of your audience, you want them to know when to expect that content. Um, and so I, I committed to doing weekly videos. So I put them out on Tuesday. So every single Tuesday, I put out a weekly video. I went on to, you know, I had interviewconnections.tv. So I created a whole website for it, um, put it on my YouTube channel. It actually goes into iTunes as a video podcast. So created a whole platform there for videos. Do that every week. I went on to Fiverr and got like a really simple little intro video thing. So it really looks like a real show. So I've been doing that for you know over a year every week. Um, I started the podcast in October 2014 and have been doing that, you know, weekly episodes, um, interviewing content and relationship marketers. I also did a podcast called The Podcast Producers, which we interviewed you for with my friend Corey Coates. Amazing and that was- show. If you're interested <laughs> you. in podcasting as an industry, as a business, as something you might, you know, be interested in or you're doing it already, it is a must watch. It's like a documentary. It's a podcast yes. documentary. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a serialized 10-episode series where we go through just – it's really kind of a crash course in what a podcast is and what, you know, we talk about advertising models – 
we talk about um, doing it yourself or outsourcing. We talk about the radio migration. And so we really cover a lot of big topics and we interviewed over 25 people, I think 28 people total. And everyone's comments are throughout the entire series. So Corey and I did that together. We put that together in two months. It was a very intensive two months wow. of podcasting. Um, but that you know was really great because it kind of helped bring us up as authority figures in podcasting because we've both been more behind the scenes podcasting service providers. So we put this show together as a way to, I mean, not only provide amazing content and have a really good time because it was an com- incredibly fun show to produce. Corey and I are like, I miss podcasting with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but so we did that. All right. And then um, the blog. So I've had a blog ever since, you know, my, when I just first started my business and was just blogging about, I don't know, random business stuff because I didn't know what my focus was. But this year I really committed to, you know, weekly blog posts. So a it's almost every Thursday. It's once a week. Sometimes they come out on like a Saturday because um, <laughs> I don't have my crap together. Um, so every week I'm putting out a blog post about podcasting, guesting on shows, different podcasting related topics. And then the other thing that I started doing towards the end of last year, but I wasn't really holding then over the holidays, it was, I was very bad about being consistent. But ever since, you know, the beginning of 2000, 2015, 2015 <laughs> I've been sending out a newsletter every Monday. Mm-hmm. So my newsletter, and it's pretty much just puts all the content together. So my newsletter has a blog post in it. It highlights my video. It highlights my um, podcast. And then I have some fun things like what's going on at Interview Connections. And it's usually like a picture of Nathan. or um, And then I have a section where I highlight like what I'm listening to just because I think that's fun. And it's just whatever podcast I listened to the past week that was kind of stood out to me the most like hmm. a couple weeks ago I I just highlighted the pregnancy perfect podcast I listened to her yeah. episode about um, adoption and so it's just kind of whatever I'm listening to so people can kind of get to know me and so I mean really it is a lot of work I mean that's the bottom line I've grown my business really fast the content marketing is has a huge part of it um, and, and you're right it's a lot of work. It takes dedication. Like there are weeks where, uh, you know, last week I was away most of the week, um, at my dad's live event in San Diego, but I wanted to make sure I had my blog and my email newsletter out. And so, you know, on a Sunday I take a couple hours and I get all that out, send it to my VA to post. So it's out there. So it, it takes a lot of work, but all that together, gets, you know, it, it attracts people to you and it establishes you as an authority figure. You know, I'll have people, I mentioned getting interviewed on other podcasts. I mean, that's also a part of my marketing is getting out there and, and sharing content and, you know, having people learn about me there. And I'll have people that hear me and they're like, Hey, I heard you on that show. So then Mm. I went to your podcast and then I checked out your videos. I'd like to talk to you. So people need to kind of feel you out on multiple platforms before they're ready to have a conversation with you or purchase what you have. And then the last thing I want to say in regards to building, you know, growing pretty fast is I've also invested a lot in going to live events and building relationships with people in person, you know, with a virtual business, it's, it's hard to actually have really good relationships. So you have to get out there, um, at least three, four, sometimes five times a year. I travel to a conference, um, you know, spend three, four days, interacting with people, networking. Um, I've started to get more into speaking, like I'm speaking at podcast 
New England, and I led a panel at Podcast Movement. So and all you were that a virtual together. speaker at, uh, pod, at uh, Florida Pat, Podfest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Skyping in. Yeah. You can yeah. get creative with that stuff. Um, and, you know, I sponsored that event and that was the first time that I um, invested in sponsoring something. So I, again, I mean, most of what I've been doing has not been, you know, I've done like thrown a couple bucks to Facebook here and there to promote some things. But right. um, overall, it's been just providing tremendous value on multiple platforms consistently and persistently. Mm, love that. And I just say you are such a great example of how to do that. And it seems overwhelming when you look at it in its entirety. But something that you really pointed out is that you just did one thing at a time, one thing at yeah. a time, and then committed to staying consistent with them. Yeah, all, which and I, I think is brilliant. Right. I didn't start it all at once. Like I didn't right. say one day, I'm going to do a, bl- a weekly blog, a weekly newsletter, a weekly podcast. I'm, <laughs> like I didn't do it all at once. It kind of I built up to a point, you know, so I got the videos going for several months. I just did videos and then I'm like, okay, I can add a podcast. Right. Several months I did the podcast. I'm like, all right, now I can do an email newsletter. So now it's like, it's like a snowball. You kind of, it grow, it gets bigger and bigger and it's easy to, um, you know, it's easier to manage and handle as you, as you grow. And over that time, that's also as I was building a team. So as I'm right. slowly getting clients off my plate, I'm able to do more marketing because that's really my goal is to become the CEO and chief marketer of my business. So I'm not just constantly working one-on-one with clients. Right, right. So we've heard all of the awesome ways and gotten really great into some of the strategies that you've used to to grow. What are some of the not so pretty parts of your business that you've experienced over these past two years? Like what are some major faux pas that you have like fallen on your butt, flat on your face and had a low moment of like, I can't believe this happened or I don't know how I'm going to pay everyone next week or whatever Mm -hmm. that moment. Like what have been some of those most challenging moments that you've had over these past two years? Yeah, well, I, I just said, mm, when you said the whole payroll thing, because, yeah, I mean, that is really, really hard. Uh, when you have a service-based business and you scale it, the only way you can scale it is hiring people to also provide the service. Sometimes right. I think, am I crazy for provi- for creating a service-based business? Like, I look at all these people just selling info products. And I'm like, oh, they're so lucky. But I know just, that's a whole different beast. Um, yeah, I mean, that is honestly the, the hardest part. I don't have like a specific story, but I mean... As I hired people, it's always putting the cart before the horse because, you know, just recently I hired a couple new team members because I know that I look at my team, I'm like, they're all tapped out. If I want to keep getting new clients, I need more people working on the team. And so I hired these people. My husband's my CFO and my bookkeeper. And and he's like, why would you hire people when you don't currently have the cash flow? I'm like, well, I won't have the cash flow unless I hire them. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, you have to take a lot of risks. And so that's been really hard. Um, there are, there have definitely been many, many months of, you know, being like, you know, the, the first of the month is right around the corner. That's when most people invoice you and you're like, is the cash going to be there or mm. am I going to put this on a credit card? And then once you get to a point where your credit card is maxed out, you're like, really hope all the client invoices are, you know, because sometimes a card will decline and you're like, I really hope everyone's payment goes through so I can pay my team. Like it's, um, it's very stressful. And, uh, it can those moments, like when you are like, seriously, like crap, because look, you know, finances are something that we all stress about. And, and I think the, because it's a reality, no matter how much importance or not importance you put into it, you have to be like, okay, here's the reality of what my finances look like right now. How do you deal with that in that moment when you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this? 
So I let my husband do most of the worrying about that. <laughs> so I mean, I, you're a great delegator. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in all reality, like what I tell him is, and and this replace you know your husband with whoever's ever doing. I think it's very important that you have someone on your team, a bookkeeper, a CFO, somebody who thinks like an accountant because he thinks like an accountant. Like he looks at the numbers and makes them work. I think like a marketer and an entrepreneur and a visionary. I'm. I said, Jamie. I'll grow the business and I'll make money. You figure out how to make it all work. (laughs) You figure out how to get everyone paid because I like, you know, yes, we've had definitely months where we've had to, you know, pay contractors with a credit card. And then, you know, a couple days after the first of the month, then money starts rolling in because when you have recurring revenue, sometimes you get a whole bunch of invoices paid on the fifth of the month. And then. So we're declining and then exactly. you got to chase people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's fluctuates. So some, and then the thing is sometimes I'll look at some of my bigger, you know, my subcontractors who have much bigger invoices and I'll say, Hey, do you want to invoice me on the 15th of the month when yeah. nobody else is invoicing me? Yeah. And, and they're more than happy. They don't care. So, you know, you, so you kind of have to get creative there, but in all reality, I don't spend a lot of time in QuickBooks because that is not where my strength is. Um, my, my CFO, my bookkeeper, he, he loves it. He loves looking at all the reports and moving the money around and figuring out, okay, you know, all that stuff. So, I think it's really stupid to teach yourself how to do that if that's not your strength. Mm. Because if you want to grow your business, then you need to be focusing on what is going to make you money. And for me, learning how to use QuickBooks and learn, I mean, I know my way around, but learning how to do bookkeeping is not going to help me be a better entrepreneur. So I think it's it's invaluable to have somebody who can do that. And so that's what I, that's what I count on Jamie for. I like that. I like that you delegate the worry and all you do is focus on bringing in more money. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I focus on what I do best. I'm very good at at attracting clients and 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 building out the team and managing the team and and I'm I'm then I'm looking at ways not only looking at ways how to earn more revenue but okay where how can I okay if I move this system if I have this person do this role and then not have this person this role I'll their invoice will be a little bit less I'm, it'll be more efficient of a system so I'm always looking at stuff like that right. that's where my strength is my strength is not in managing the finances. <laughs> I love it. So um, I want to go ahead and conclude by asking you, where are you going? I mean, you look, two years to build a business um, to where you've come to is pretty darn amazing. And to have it be consistent and to have you have, you know, about 40 different clients that you're working for right now, you're constantly building uh, your reputation, more and more clients are coming in, more and more VAs are getting hired. Um, what What's the big goal? Like, where do you really see interview connections going? Or where do you really see you going as far mm-hmm. as what you're here to do? So I'm really excited. This I don't know if this seems silly, but I'm really excited because I'm working with a graphic designer right now. And, and we just came up with a new logo for jessicarodes.biz. So what I'm really kind of excited about right now is building out my personal brand. Um, you know, I've, I've really built interview connections and I've been the behind the scenes person. And obviously, I get out there and get interviewing people know me, but visually online and graphically and everything, I don't really have a personal brand. And so, I mean, ultimately, I mean, of course I'm having a baby in August. So there's, um, you know, I'll have to fly under the radar a little bit with some live, not go to some events and stuff, but I, I would love to get out there speaking more and kind of build up to being like, you know, that, that authority figure, that branded authority figure, the CEO of Interview Connections. Um, so, you know, getting to speaking, I, I would love to to write a book in the next couple of years. Um, 
So come, you know, just becoming more of a, <laughs> I kind of hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyway, like a thought leader. Yeah. <laughs> In podcasting, so um, so for me, I'm I'm really putting a lot of focus and ex- and uh, and I'm excited about building out my personal brand as I continue to grow and perfect the interview connections business. So mm. that's that's what I'm excited about. Love it. Well, Jessica, I really want to thank you so much, so much for being on the show finally and uh, for <laughs> yeah. sharing so much about your business and being so open about it. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. rock.com forward slash 218 is where you're going to find all the show notes for this where you can get directly connected to jessica as well as easy links on some of the resources that she spoke about um i of course just love that interview remember the next episode is a special episode where um i you're going to hear sort of after the interview where she and i are just kind of like chatting a little bit about her social media strategy so make sure to go listen to that um, one thing that I we didn't identify, but she kept saying over and over again, I just really want to point out is that she invests in coaches. Now, just so happens that it happened to be her father, who was her first coach, who's an amazing coach. But um, she also invested in other coaching and other different programs and other different ideas to kind of help her figure out stuff that she wanted to not have to figure out on her own. She needed help from. So my question to you is, do you invest in coaching in some way, shape, or form? Are you investing in having other people help you figure stuff out so you can shorten your learning curve? Um, you might want to think about that. I'm a huge believer in that. So um, that was one thing. Again, I mean, just all of the, the uh, content marketing strategy is great. Literally, she inspired me as soon as I was done with this interview. I just did a no makeup, I have no makeup on uh, little video for the BWR Connect, our private Facebook group, just to give a cool little tip and just to put it out there. And um, consistency is totally the key. So, so many lessons in this interview. Hope you got some really great ideas and are committed to being able to implement some of those ideas. Have an awesome day. And don't forget to listen to the next little uh, excerpts of the After the Interview with Jessica. Bye. Bye.